Welcome back, everyone, to the High Tempo Sports Podcast, episode 93. We are back again with another late night podcast. I don't know if this is going to become like a regular thing. Yeah. We, our schedules are just like crazy, way different than what they used to. I mean, it's not, they're not just crazy, they're just different, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like Wednesday, Saturday was always our thing. And now that it's summertime, it's just a little, it's weirder. So, I mean, I, I don't, I would like to do another podcast other than just the late night one, but. I don't mind it. I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. Do I even have to title it the late night cast? Like I am. I mean, you could. But I definitely am. So I think it's a cool <laughs> advertisement. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, this could become a little bit normal. Yeah, we're coming at you even later than last week. Last week, it started at like 945. It's 1015 right now when we're starting. So yeah, this one's going to be extra late. Uh, we got our food. We got our guest here with us today, uh, <laughs> Mr. Caesar. So not sponsored, by the way. He, um, <laughs> he is little. It is, yeah. it is true. It's not a joke. Yeah, it's Tuesday night tonight, and pretty much we are, we our last podcast was a week ago during the first round of the NBA playoffs, and we are officially through the first week of the playoffs, and we are just here to, to talk about it. So In the second round now. Every yeah, we're in the second round. We're going to talk about the losers of the first round. Uh, so far, the games through the second round. Before we get into that, we do have a good amount of news this week, though, so... Let's hop right into that. First thing, this one just got announced literally like an hour ago. I might have missed it in all honesty. Nikola Jokic was named the MVP of the 2020 to 2021 NBA season. Um, Well-deserved. I think everyone kind of knew he was going to win it. Steph Curry, was he had some hype towards the end of the season, but his team ended up missing the playoffs. So no way he's going to win it, not making the playoffs. Yeah. I think Jokic's season uh, really is just being so under the appreciated, going under the radar. I mean, he averaged like 26, 11, and 8 uh, on really good shooting. I think he shot over 40% from three this year as well. And he also like went crazy in the first round as well, like mm-hmm. was 50, 40, 90 in the first round of the playoffs. And he just really is. I still feel like he still isn't getting talked about enough. Yeah, he isn't getting the respect he deserves for the season he had. It doesn't help that his big, huge games, not that he didn't have any at the end, end of the season, but his first half of the season was crazy. He was going nuts every night. Remember in fantasy? We'd sit there, and he'd be a guaranteed 80 points, it felt like. And Steph, yeah, he was the number one player in fantasy like all year, yeah. And you couldn't say the same thing about Steph at the start of the year. And at the end of the year, it changed, and recency bias came into play. But Jokic has been dominating. Uh, I'm really excited for the Denver uh, <laughs> the Denver series coming up. They play the, not the Clippers, the other side. The Suns, duh. Game one was last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm super excited for that. I didn't get to catch any of it last night. It was a pretty good game. But, I mean, that series should be incredible. The MVP Jokic is unreal and isn't getting talked about enough. First center to win the award since Shaq did it in 2000, Yeah, which is nuts. I mean, the center is one of the five positions on the basketball court. Yeah, You'd expect him to be a little more often. What was last time yeah, a power forward about that. did it? Giannis. <laughs> Duh. <Yep. laughs> but, I mean, like, he really – Giannis isn't, like, a big man, though. I mean, this is the first big man to do it since Shaq, for sure, just because, like – What about KG? Didn't he win it in, like, 08? You know, he won it. Yeah, he won it like oh four or oh five. Yeah, he probably. Yeah, I guess he would count as a big man. Yeah, but uh, or Dirk. Yeah, Dirk too. Yeah, I guess I wasn't. But yeah, as a yeah. center. Yeah. yeah, Jokic. Um, it's crazy. Jokic deserves it. Shout out to Jokic. Uh, I saw a tweet on Twitter that was like, it was from October when Jokic said they asked him what he did on his day off or whatever. He was like, I watched Pokemon for five hours, and someone quoted it today and said, "This dude just won MVP." Uh, Jokic is super funny too. So shout out to Jokic for winning MVP, and I think he this he could be a multi MVP win, winner as well because he is still very very young in this league. So and, he's not even his prime yet. And Denver only gets better from this season. Hopefully, yeah. I mean everything goes well. Jamal Murray recovers well. MPJ stays healthy because he has an injury history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Gordon for a full year. This team is going to be back and probably better next year. And. You, your team gets better. Jokic is going to yeah. be better because of it. That's just, that's scary. That's MVP. Very excited for sure. Very. Next on the news, last week we talked about where we think Julio Jones is going to get traded. And he did get traded on, what, Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, this weekend at least. 
He got traded to the team that was kind of expected to be the top dog to trade for him to the Tennessee Titans for not even for a first round pick. Surprisingly, I really was expecting a first round pick. It was kind of consensus that they were going to get at least a first and he gets traded the Titans for uh, a second round pick next year and a fourth round pick in 2023. And then uh, the Titans also get a 2023 sixth round pick from the Falcons. So not as high value as I thought uh, that Julio Jones was going to go for. But, I mean, he also was uh, coming off of a year where he was injured most of the season. And he is older, but still, he's still an elite wide receiver. Um, so he's teaming up with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown gave him the—he said, you can have my number. And he was like, nah, you keep it. He's wearing number two, which is going to be super cool. I cannot—I mean, A.J. Brown is like a—he— I don't know if fan. you saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he was, a fan of Julio Jones. Yeah. Like, he, like, is was fanboying over him on, on TikTok and stuff. And it's just super cool that— that their teammates he now. Was, like, that's, like, A.J. Brown is just still, like, a young kid in my eyes. Yeah. So, like, it's it's really cool to see. Well, I don't know when this picture was taken. There was a picture of him practicing in the Julio Jones jersey. And I think he said it was in a pregame warm-up. He was wearing a Julio jersey. And he's like, I manifested this. <laughs> it was his whole thing and manifestation, whatever. But I don't know about you, but I feel like this is highway robbery by the Titans. Like, this is like, you guys became a Super Bowl contender for where you already were. I... No, they weren't. They, they were, were the a brink. good team. Yeah, they, they were, were on the. They're a top ten team in the AFC. Yeah, probably. and they were on the edge, and a chance to win their division for sure. Yeah. Now for a second and a fourth for Julio Jones to make herself a contender, that's highway robbery to me. That's Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Uh, Demar, no, that was a better deal. <laughs> the Spurs got more out of it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I. I definitely expected a first to be in this deal. I didn't think like it was going to take two firsts or a first and a second or anything. I figured a first and like a fifth would get it done. Uh, but a second and a fourth was not what I expected. Maybe uh, he, his value just isn't as high as we all think. Obviously, like I said, he is older, but he's still a, an elite wide receiver, one of the best that we've ever got to see. He's probably a top three wide receiver uh, that I've ever gotten to watch play with him. Calvin Johnson, AB. That would be my top three that I've got to see. Just off the top of the head. Like, yeah, Des no. Bryant is in there, but I think I take, in there. I take Julio over both them guys yep. for sure. And D, yep, absolutely. But those it's are the just, only five, I'd say. It's super, uh, super fun to uh, think about what Titans are going to have next year. I'm so excited to do a full NFL episode, by the way. Like, we, I know oh, we haven't Lord. really done one yet just because the NBA playoffs are going on, but. I can't wait to do a full NFL episode predicting everything. I'm super stoked for that. And yeah. I think we can grade off seasons as well at some point. I'm just so excited for the NFL season. I say that so much, but I'm, it, I just am. And we've already talked about why. I mean, we have no expectations. We get to yeah. enjoy the game again, like we did this year with basketball. Yeah. We've just been sitting back enjoying the game. It's beauty. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I can't wait for next season. Next on the news. Another award, Tom Thibodeau wins Coach of the Year. Uh, he was kind of, I mean, not really surprising just because Monty Williams was voted Coach of the Year by the coaches. And Thibodeau, usually whoever wins that ends up winning the actual Coach of the Year award. But it does not happen like that this time as Tom Thibodeau is Coach of the Year. Uh, I think it's well-deserved. This next team was supposed to be really bad, pretty much the same roster they had last year. And Thibodeau comes in and makes them a a top four seed in the East and turns Julius Randle into a superstar. And this team just on paper was not a top, wasn't even a playoff team. And they were a top four seed in the playoffs. Uh, Yes, they lost in the first round, but still they beat expectations by a million. Tom Thibodeau deserves this for sure. I believe this is his second coach of the year. Pretty sure, but I'm, yeah, Yeah, I I think he won one when D Rose won MVP. Uh, This is huge. The New York Knicks, if we were to go back and grade their offset offseason, like not uh, not even using hindsight, but if we would have done it last summer, graded their offseason, I would have not hesitated to give them a, a D or lower. I don't yeah. know exactly. Would not have hesitated. It would have been a D or lower. Maybe probably an F. He just took that, that roster and said, hey, I'm going to make you guys a top four seed. Julius Randle is going to win most improved, and R.J. Barrett's going to emerge as a young guy who they can look to build, or not build around, but build off of his success. Uh, yes, they both struggled in the playoffs. One, they've never played in the playoffs. Yeah, and this, this is their first this experience in the playoffs, and I think this is a great lesson for them. Because they can come 21? back next year. They, they have the experience of losing in the playoffs, but I think they have an advantage with playing in Madison Square Garden. You know, that helps a lot. 
Um, but yeah, Thibodeau came in and really just took this team and built them on defense. And that is that was his goal coming into this. This team, obviously, there is not a lot of skilled offensive players on this team. Like obviously they're in the NBA, but I'm talking in in NBA. terms of the M- yeah. of NBA players. There was not a lot of guys on this roster that was like, all right, we're gonna beat teams by outscoring them. No, so we're they're gonna have to beat teams by playing great defense, and that's exactly what they did. And they, he built a great offense through Julius Randle as well. And I really think that he deserved this award. Shout out to him for winning it. Ex- I expect the Knicks, in all honesty, to be about the same spot next year. Teams are going to come in expecting the same thing, but I think they're going to be better. Uh, I think you're going to see a guy like Emmanuel quickly really step up and get step into a larger uh, ball-dominant role. And R.J. Barrett, I don't see him getting worse. Uh, he was awful in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. He was horrible. Yeah. But he's like what twenty two probably twenty one yeah, twenty one probably I, I mean, mean he might be twenty he's I only mean, in his second year and then Zion's only twenty yeah this dude he's twenty or twenty one this dude averaged twenty points a game this year off pretty solid efficiency for what he is known for I mean he's not a good he's not an efficient basketball player by any means his rookie year this second year was great uh, R J Barrett and Julius Randle are both uh, what's the word examples of why you can't give up on a player too early. Oh, uh, you definitely can't give up on I mean RJ Barrett, I think no one gave up on him no, because of rookie. But year, they were getting but, they were already talking down. Yeah. On him. Oh yeah. People make ex- like they over exaggerate, but yeah, definitely you can't give up on a rookie after his yeah. first year. But and Randall, yeah, a lot of people had given up on him. I think I, I think most people just to become a star. I mean he's still a solid player, but like there's I did never thought he would become an all star. Mm-hmm. Like in I never thought that ever. We dogged Jagger for drafting him in yes. in fantasy basketball. Roasted him. Like, because like, it was, I mean, obviously he was going to get drafted, but he drafted him kind of early. We were like, huh? <laughs> yeah, what a great so, pick, Jagger. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Thibodeau for doing that. Next on the news, a couple of coaches in the NBA get fired, uh, starting with Terry Stotts of the Portland Trailblazers. It had come out, you know, Damian Lillard said, we need change. Damian Lillard has always been a guy that has really loved Terry Stotts, and it, they let him go finally. Uh, I think I picked Terry Stotts to win Coach of the Year at the beginning of the year, so that's kind of funny. And then Steve Clifford is fired from the Orlando Magic. Kind of expected Magic are headed headed in a direction that Steve Clifford doesn't really fit. So um, we'll get more into Terry Stotts in Portland as we talk about the losers of the first round. But um, Dame Lillard said that he wants Jason Kidd to be the next coach of the Trailblazers, and Jason Kidd uh, does not want to be Portland's coach. He literally came out and said that he felt uncomfortable by Damian Lillard calling out to the public that he wants him to be the coach, which is very odd. I think that's I would feel the opposite way. I'd feel like honored. Um, I mean, it is weird as a player to come out and say who you want to be the coach because it puts all the other candidates in a weird spot as if they get hired, then it's like, all right, he doesn't the want star already doesn't want me here. It, I don't think it's right for Damian Lillard to do that, but I also find it very weird that Jason... I mean, I understand it because Jason Kidd was a great point guard. He Damian Lillard can learn a lot from Jason Kidd. Uh, but yeah, Jason Kidd said he felt uncomfortable from from Damian Lillard doing that and declined the Portland job. So very, yeah. very odd there. And I know Dame came out and said he wouldn't force the Portland Portland's hand to make a decision. On any coach. He said, yeah. he said you know, I'm not going to be And a, he can't. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's in no position to do that. Which is good. But I would, if I'm Jason Kidd, I can't believe I'm saying that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's super cool. Still don't really want to come coach. You know, I don't know what the reason is. Maybe he doesn't, he yeah, doesn't get along some, with. There's, there's probably something else behind it because I just, the, that reasoning is really odd to me. I feel like I would be flattered if, if Damian Lillard said, I want you to be my coach. So. Yeah, exactly. That's a NBA top three-point guard, mm-hmm. top two. And then uh, lastly on the news, Aaron Rodgers, no show to mandatory mini camp, uh, mandatory Packers mini camp today. He has not shown up to any of their training camps so far this uh, summer. And this week was the start of mandatory camp, and he still doesn't show up. Packers players, Devontae Adams, has said he's got his back to the and the whole through all of this. I really still don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's not going to play. Me too. But. I don't think he's going to get traded. So I think it, we might be done with Aaron Rodgers. If that's the case, that's cool with me. So uh, we'll see. But we'll see what happens with this Aaron Rodgers situation because it is interesting. Um, I've I have not definitely not grown to like Aaron Rodgers, but throughout this whole process of him hating the Packers, I have definitely like 
lean towards the like I'm Respect. on Aaron Rodgers' side yeah. of this Aaron Rodgers Packers beef. I still despise both of them, but I'm definitely on Aaron Rodgers' side of of the beef between him and the Packers. I I just my thing, yeah, I don't like the Packers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers, but I don't see like to see a player forced into retirement like this. This could, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is old. There's no secret. If he doesn't play this year, there's a good shot he never plays football again. And that's not how I want to see him go out. Granted, I would much rather see him suck in his last three years and go out. I just hope that he ends up, like, not playing this year, gets cut, and then gets signed, like, in a year or two from now. Which, yeah, he'll be old, but, I mean, he just won the MVP last year. So, like, I'm not really worried about yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh... That's pretty much it for the news. So let's get into the playoffs. So uh, last time we talked, let's see, what series did we have? The only series we had finished was uh, the Milwaukee series, the Philly-Washington series, and Utah-Memphis. So let's talk about the other series that ended. um, Or Atlanta-New York was one of them because we talked about the Knicks as well. I guess we talked about Brooklyn-Boston, or because he talked about what Boston needs to do. Because so. most of the series were over. Yeah. we talk, Actually, yeah, official. we got through all the East ones, but the, there's three West series that we got to talk about. Let's start with Portland, just because we kind of were talking about them a little bit. Uh, last time we talked, it was 2-2, two to two and that game was going on. Denver ended up winning the next two games, winning the series 4-2. Uh, Damian Lillard had a crazy, absolutely insane 55-point game in Game 6, or Game 5, excuse me. And they still lost in double overtime. And then they lost game six as well when they were up like 15 points, I think, at one point. Um, and Denver moves on. Uh, first, shout out to Denver for uh, winning this great series. I like these two teams matching up a lot. Austin Rivers has really stepped up for the Nuggets. And so has Compazzo. Their guards have, and Monte Morris especially, their guards have stepped up a big time with Jamal Murray out. Portland, though. I saw this. They, they lost in the first round. Four out of the last five years or five out of the last six years or something, uh, except that year they made the conference finals run. They're in a really weird spot right now because this team is kind of capped out. Like, I don't know how much better this team can get. Their roster is really nice. This offseason, I was a huge fan of what they did, and I thought that they were going to— I picked Dame to win MVP. I picked Portland to be a top three seed. Um, I thought Portland literally had a chance to make the finals uh, all season. And it clearly just wasn't enough. Their defense is just not there at all. They cannot play defense, especially protecting the rim. Um, I don't know. what what Where is Portland's direction here? Because there's a lot of different options you can go with. You can go with the full rebuild. You can go with the retool. But moves need to be made. I, I prefer the retooling route. And I don't know how big of a retool you need. Uh, it might be, you know, the second unit that needs help. You need a defensive big man. There's no secret. You cannot keep running uh, freaking who's in the middle. Not Nurkic. Nurk. Oh, Cantor. Yeah. Cantor <laughs> isn't it. Can't play Cantor. You, you can't <laughs> do that. Uh, this roster just needs to, they need to come together and put it together. I wouldn't mind shopping around CJ McCollum as a guy, uh, getting a different two guard, maybe a more defensive minded player, whether it be a two or a three or whatever. But uh, CJ and Dame, yes, they're a great duo. But clearly there is something off there, and I don't. And I'm not saying one of them needs to be better. That's not it. I, they just aren't the perfect fit because of their defensive liability. And CJ is not a good wing defender. He's big and he's long, but he's not great. He's not big. He's six two. <laughs> Isn't he really? I thought he was taller than six. No, two. he's very small. Oh, I thought he was like six four. <laughs> he's six, definitely five. not big. I. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't think this team needs a whole lot of work. I think they just need to. Put it together. The issue is you play in the West. It takes good matchups. You have to match up against the right team every time and beat the matchup that you get. Uh, that doesn't always happen in the playoffs. You're going to have teams that you don't match up well. The Denver Nuggets was not a good matchup for them. Uh, Nurkic guarding Jokic. And Anybody guard Jokic, yeah. Very few centers in the <laughs> league they had can to put, keep up. You know, getting Robert Covington was a huge move for them this offseason. Robert Covington would be a great guy to match up against Michael Porter Jr. in this series, but Covington was guarding Jokic this whole series because they couldn't play Nurkic or Cantor. They they couldn't. It just was not. They it would it was hurting them so much that they were going this small ball route. Which Covington is a great defender, but against Jokic, it's just Jokic is too big for him. Um, yeah, Portland is in a weird spot because 
I think that the move that, you know, there's a lot of talks about Dame, a Dame Lillard trade. Dame needs better. A Damian Lillard trade would be absolutely crazy. Um, I think there's only a few teams that can legitimately pull off a realistic trade for Dame Lillard. And it would be still be giving up a lot. I don't think Dame Lillard gets traded, though. Portland, he's, he seems very loyal to Portland his whole career. But I think Dame Lillard needs to really look himself in the mirror and think, how much longer can I stay loyal to Portland? How much longer can I wait for this organization to put the pieces around me to build this team? You know, Dame Lillard is not getting any younger. He's 30. I think he turns 31 pretty soon. Um, I think the move that they have to make, I think you got to move CJ McCollum for, like you, like you said, a, a defensive anchor uh, center or forward. You know, maybe Mitchell Robinson. I know that it's kind of a weird like it wouldn't be just a one for one like that, you know, a Miles Turner type guy. Um, Norman Powell, I think, can just be your CJ McCollum. I think you bring back Norman Powell and he becomes a two. I think playing those three together is just way too small. I think Norman Powell just becomes the CJ and you use CJ's value and money to go out and get another guy. But I also think that you do explore a Dame a Dame trade because Dame's value is very high, obviously. All time high. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think Dame and CJ are going to win a championship together. I just don't think, I think everyone kind of has that same view and it's unfortunate to say, cause they are one of the, my favorite duos in the NBA. They're one of the best backcourts in the NBA. One of the longest. And they've, they've been, yeah, they've been for together so for so long. I mean, even back when Wall and Beal were together, the top backcourt duo, Dame and CJ have been a, a duo for like six, seven, eight years now, like a good duo. So it's going to be sad, but I do think it's the best move for Portland to move on from CJ. But I think a full rebuild is not out of the question, at least. that I don't think it's out of the question. No, me either. I think it also, you know, at some point, do you throw in the towel and say, okay, it's just not it. Uh, you have Nurkic, who is great. Nurkic can be elite at times, but is he the guy, you know? And when you keep having guys who aren't the guy, it doesn't work for so long. At one point, you have to retool, reshop. The only problem is it's hard to do that when you have a player like Damian Lillard on your team. At what point do you say, okay, we're going to go into rebuild even though we have a top two point guard in the NBA? Exactly, and that's just the part that makes their rebuild, or not their rebuild, this offseason so interesting because I don't see them, like, moving CJ for, like, a young player and picks. Like, Mm -mm. you need to move CJ for a guy that's going to help you win right now, and that... And that because of Damian Lillard, he is in his prime and he is a top 10 player in the NBA. I mean, you need to get guys around him that can win right now. I mean, Mitchell Robinson is a younger asset, but I don't. I just don't see them trading CJ McCollum to some team for like a first round pick and a younger player that's not that good, you know? Like, I love the Miles Turner look. Yeah, Miles Turner would be cool, but like would Indiana want CJ McCollum when they have Karis LeVert? Yeah, no. no. So it, it's weird. I don't know. But they could want Mitchell. That's not a bad. That's a good little trade you made. The Knicks up. might. I mean, the Knicks might want CJ. I think he would fit their team pretty well. They need more a guy ball that dominant can just literally come in and get buckets. I Ooh. think that's exactly what the Knicks need. But would the would Portland? I mean, Mitchell Robinson for CJ McCollum. Mitchell Robinson is making like one million dollars, so they'd have to figure out money somehow. Maybe you give them. Ah, no, I don't know how that would work at all. Actually. Yeah, because the money just doesn't yeah, line up at all. You might just might as well just trade him, Dame Lillard. Actually, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, any other any other Portland? Holy moly! Things? Real quick, Dame Lillard in the Garden would go ballistic, dude. <laughs> I know bro. he'd be unbelievable. I was watching uh, a video that was like ten realistic Dame Lillard uh, trade scenarios, and the Knicks one was pretty cool. But there was a couple other ones. Oh. Dallas was one that I really liked, bro. Dame and Luca together would be absolutely lethal. Mm-hmm. Like that would be insane. Porzingis goes back to to Portland with a, I think Tim Hardaway and a couple of like a bunch of picks too. But oh, that would be that's so. A, that's cool. like a perfect segue. We can move right into that series. <laughs> oh yeah, to, talking about Dallas. Yeah, yeah, we might as well. So yeah, Dallas is in a similar but also kind of different spot. Then Portland, whereas Dallas also has a top 10 player in the NBA that is a guard, and they lose in the first round back-to-back years. But their star is 22 years old, and he is very, very young. And he's literally got, like, GOAT potential. Like, you're, yeah. not, you're not dealing with a David Lillard young star. You're dealing with, like, a 
Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic yeah. <laughs> Johnson type young star. Maybe. I mean, hopefully. But, um, yeah, Dallas loses back-to-back years in the first round. Pretty much brought the back the same team that they had last year. Uh, but Dallas is in a weird spot because right now, going into this offseason, uh, Luka Doncic is going to get absolutely paid this offseason. Mm-hmm. He's going to get 40-plus mil a year, super max extension, all them the amount of guys that are going to get huge extensions this year. Think about that 2018 class. All those guys: Luca, Trey Young, Jaron Jackson. Um, Does Aiden get one? Aiden probably will. Yeah, he gets a bag. He, at he, he's going to get a. He'll get a super big bag. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Mikel Bridges, Miles Bridges will get a decent bag. I mean, yeah. Luke Kennard got 464 last year. Like yeah, that. That that turns. There's out definitely to be. guys that I'm forgetting too. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember draft classes like you do. I think John Collins is, is is 2018, I'm pretty sure. Like, there is just so many guys that are going to get bags this uh, offseason in that draft class. But anyways, back to Dallas. Um, Dallas is in a weird spot because a lot of talk is coming to Chris Stapps Porzingis, a guy who they traded a lot for a few years ago to team him up with Luka, which I think was a good move at the time. I think they, were, they made the right idea by trying to get a star with Luka while he was on his rookie contract. But Porzingis has really just not become what they needed him to be. He he came to Dallas to be their center and be a rim-protecting center that can stretch the floor and knock down shots, and now he's just, like, not that. He's playing with Boban because they they were playing Porzingis and Boban while the Clippers played no centers in their series. <laughs> Zubac was not playing. Marcus yeah. Morris and uh, Nicholas Batum are running center. Like, there should be no reason ever for Boban to have to be on the floor when you have KP to be that center that you can do exactly what he should be able to do exactly what Boban did. Like, there's no reason he can't sit in the paint and catch catch balls and then kick out. But he can't, and he won't, and he refuses to. And defensively, too, that's he won't. He doesn't protect the rim like he used to in New York. I mean, he was an elite shot blocker mm-hmm. for the Knicks. And, they, and he came out and bitches about his role as... You know, I I came in expecting to be the second star, and now I feel like I'm kind of a role player. I mean, he was the second star at first. Yeah, but then Boban is getting more touches than you when you can be doing the same thing Boban is doing. There's no reason you can't be in the middle of the paint catching all those post-entry <clears throat> passes and making a quick move. Why was—and that's the issue with KB. I'm not—I don't think it's the Mavericks' fault. One issue that the Mavericks have ran into is uh, this ball dominance issue of Luka— not saying it's a serious issue because it's not, but Luka had the second highest usage rate of any player ever in playoffs history, only behind 2016 Westbrook. Really? Uh, that, clearly, the other guys, most of them had one. Uh, Jordan did it when he was like 22. I think like he was how does four. 2018 LeBron not have a higher than, you know, yeah. like when he took that Cavs team to the finals? I mean, Luka scored or assisted <laughs> on like 45% of Mavericks plays. Yeah, and, and he in the season he led the league in usage rate as well. And you can't. And Kobe said it before. You know, rest in peace, Mamba. Uh, Jimmy High Roller came out the video, and that's why I have all this knowledge right away. Uh, Kobe came out and said years ago that Harden can't win doing it the way he's doing it in Houston because that just doesn't win. You know, Kobe's trying it; it doesn't win games. You need to be behind the defense when you're starting in front of the defense every time. It creates issues. Luca needs to be able to step off the ball every once in a while, go sit in the corner and make plays, you know, cut to the uh, dunker spot and make passes. Luca doesn't have that opportunity because who else is going to have the ball? Trey Burke? Like Tim Hardaway? Trey Burke, yeah, he don't even play for that anymore. You want Tim Hardaway bringing the ball up? Like you have an issue. You need that other guy, and you also need a center. You cannot be running. KP doesn't work. You got to move him for a team that doesn't need a center. A team that needs a guy, <laughs> but not a center. Uh, this Dallas team, uh, keep getting shooters. You know, Tim Hardaway is a great acquisition. He's a perfect guy to be next to Luka. They need another a more ball-dominant player than Tim Hardaway. But I do love Tim Hardaway next to Luka. Mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway is an interesting situation, too, because I believe he's a free agent this offseason. And he's a guy that is, like, a good chance he might get a decent payday from somebody um Dallas I don't know I think he might have a player option but I assume he's gonna opt out I mean he gets I think he's making like at least 18 mil a year right now so he's on a bigger contract for a player like him but uh yeah I like his I like what he did in the playoffs a lot he was really good I mean he was easily their second best player 
maybe all season, but especially in the playoffs, he was much better than Porzingis. Um, but it just depends on if they want to try to go after like Kawhi Leonard or not, because then you obviously have to let Tim Hardaway go, and if you don't get Kawhi Leonard, then you're kind of screwed. But I think Porzingis does have to go. I think you have to trade him <clears throat> for another ball handler. I think, like you said, you need to get another primary ball handler. I think you can get a point guard, a shooting guard. It does not matter. You can get, because Luka is, he can play with the one or two or the three. Um, Like I said, Dame Lillard would be insane, but that's kind of unrealistic. Even like CJ McCollum though. Like I know that's, that's like, if you just did a CJ for Porzingis trade, that's not I feel like look. Porzingis would be, I don't know, Porzingis for Portland doesn't really fix their needs either, mm-hmm. but um, just a guy that can literally just be a scoring threat next to Luka. I, I go back to this too, but like if the Suns drafted Luka instead of Aiton, like Luka and Booker is a is a unreal duo. Like that is a just a perfect fit. Uh, they need another ball handler. Luka's just, when he comes off the floor, they can't run an offense. I mean, they literally just, they, they cannot run offense. I mean, it looks like, like a JV team yeah. is out there. Um, but yeah, Dallas... They're not in. They're definitely not in a panic or anything, no. just because of how young Luca is. But at the same time, you have to realize, like, you have to capitalize off of him being on his small contract, which they tried to do with Porzingis. So at least they tried, you know. Mm-hmm. But it it just didn't work, and that's that's okay, I guess. Yeah. As a Mavericks fan, he's gonna sign the supermax this year, which is what a four year contract. Uh, like three it's years of play. Year. Oh, five year. Yeah. The the window could be after year three of this contract. You gotta think the cap space increases. They have more money to spend and go out and get somebody. Luca won't be on. Luca won't be the highest paid player in the NBA in three years. It'll be some new guy because cap space increases and that's just the way it works. Mike Conley at one point was the highest paid player in the NBA. Like Luca won't be the highest paid player in the <laughs> NBA for more than two years. But I do want they they do have to stay competitive though, or else Luca's gonna want out. If they don't exactly, and with a guy as good as Luca, you have to stay competitive. You yep. can't just be a. And maybe if you know Luca goes down with an injury, gonna miss some significant amount of time. Then maybe you say, all right, let's take this year off, like the Warriors did. You know, get a good pick, and then this will be our one year that we suck. Then we'll get back into contention. Yep. That's like the only reason why they should not be contending. The thing is, I think Luca <laughs> is a perfect fit in Dallas. Uh, he's a superstar. Uh, he's funny. He's charismatic. He he speaks very well. Next to probably the most famous GM or owner in the NBA, I'd say Mark Cuban. Probably, yeah. Uh, it's just a perfect fit. Uh, I'm Dallas really is a big market too. I mean, yeah. players will want to play with Luca. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I uh, I love it. The issue is Luca's got to have the ball out of his hands more, which sounds funny and crazy, <laughs> but it's just the way it is. Uh, we haven't seen a one man show win an NBA Finals since 2018. Ever. Brown, they didn't win. <laughs> No, you're right, you're right. Ever. It's never happened. <laughs> yeah. So, you, he needs help. He needs to not have the ball in his hands all the time. Yeah. So, moving on to the last team that we get to talk to. Save the best for last, man. The Los Angeles Lakers. This was a team that, uh, that was the seventh seed due to a lot of, you know, LeBron and AD getting hurt. They were the one seed before those two guys went down. And a lot of... People, including me and Easton and pretty much everyone else, expected the Lakers to win this series, even though they were the seventh seed. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to the Phoenix Suns for winning this series because they were for sure doubted by a lot of people. Yes, um, LeBron was not 100%. Anthony Davis uh, missed a few games, and he clearly was not 100% after he got hurt in, like, game three, I'm pretty sure. But the Lakers lose. LeBron James loses in the first round. For the first time ever, I really did not expect this to happen. Um, first, I just want to do a quick LeBron fan rant. Uh, I'm a LeBron James fan, but I'm not like a guy that's going to sit here and say, make a bunch of excuses for why he lost in the first round this year. Yes, he he definitely is not 100%. Um, he's injured, but I hate, I just don't like these other LeBron fans that are like, or just LeBron Pe- just people stands. in general. LeBron stands. No, not like NBA fans that okay. are like, LeBron needs to score 40-point triple-double <laughs> to win this series. Like, that's not – he is 36 years old. Like, he's definitely – his age is starting to show. Um, I saw – I watched a YouTube video, and it was just about – it was like a it was like a montage of just his greatest playoff moments. And then this year, 
him just like it's it was just his age showing and it was just really really sad because it's his age I think is finally starting to show and this is weird because I I officially do think that like LeBron James is not the best player in the NBA anymore and it's really weird to say that because he always has been um <clears throat> but Lakers they're obviously they won the championship last year. There are no spot to rebuild or anything. Their offseason is going to look a lot different than Portland and Dallas. But what is what do the Lakers have to do this offseason? Uh, I'm, I'm going to get my LeBron piece in yeah, a yeah, little bit. Uh, or I'll get her in right now. Uh, as a LeBron fan, and I am a LeBron stan. I'm huge. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not the fan on Twitter who's saying uh, there was the play when they were down like five against Suns or whatever, and he didn't run back. He was bitching out the refs. I hate that. Oh, too. I hate that. I hate that side of LeBron. Like, he, trust me. He was not getting back on defense plenty of times, and yeah. it, that annoys the hell out of me. Trust bro. me. We we are basketball <laughs> fans as much as we are LeBron fans, and that's not who. And we're like hustlers, too. Like, yeah. we, we are not guys. I mean, obviously, we're not in the NBA, so we always have been like that, but like, I'm not about to just like walk back on yeah, defense, never. bro. Like I would never that. even think about yeah. it. I don't. I, it's just like a pride thing, and, I, and it it sucks that LeBron has so proud <laughs> and has so much pride that he feels like he doesn't have to. However, uh, not however, because there's no excuse. But what I'm saying is, huge LeBron fan. This was hard. Game five. I'm sitting there, sitting next to Jordan, watching this game, and I look at him, and LeBron has like a shoulder bump <laughs> going to the lane, and. Usually, I mean, earlier in the season, he was turning it over and dunking it. And all of a sudden, it was just like a layup. And I was like, holy moly. And a couple plays later, it just wasn't good. And I looked at Jordan, and I said, dude, he, he's old. he's getting there. Like, he it's showing right now. This is this is LeBron's start to the decline. And I don't know how where the decline ends. The decline could end at him averaging a 15-point triple-double. Yeah. I have no idea what the decline looks like. I feel like. like he'll never average under 20, but... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Depends on how long. I mean, how many did he average in the playoffs? Like 23, 22. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, and it, it's hard. Cause now you gotta, it sounds weird, but you're almost building around Anthony <laughs> Davis. Like, LeBron, oh, I mean, I think you for sure are. Yeah, LeBron's your point guard. Prime. AD is your best player. Now AD is not better than LeBron yet. No, he isn't, but you got to get some more guys around him. So the Lakers, what do they need to do? Need to get another ball handler. Check the video. Need to get a center that can stretch the floor. Uh, and Mark Gasol is not it. Needs to be a little bit more in shape and athletic than Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol still clogs up the paint even though he can't stretch the floor. And defensively is an absolute Well, liability. let's talk about what they, I mean, because you can just say they need to do this, need to do that. But they have, I mean, they no can't just go get those yeah. guys. Yeah, um, They have two big, or technically three big free agents uh, going into this offseason. Andre Drummond is the big one, a guy who they uh, acquired Middle of the season uh, was was all right for the Lakers, but I think Lakers fans expected Drummond to be this all star type center, and he just wasn't. I mean, like he really, he really wasn't that good he for was the Lakers. Average. Um, Montrez Harrell was a guy who was really good last year for the Clippers, and then just kind of fell out of the rotation for the Lakers uh, when they got Andre Drummond, especially in the playoffs, just because Montrez didn't really fit next to Anthony Davis. He has a player option. That I think he'll decline, but I really don't know because I don't know what his value is, uh, money wise. I think it's for like, I think it's a, I think it's a nine million. I think he signed a two eighteen, uh, last off season. So I don't know if he'll be making more than that, but he, I feel like he'll be gone. And then Dennis Smith Jr., who declined a huge, uh, extension during the middle of the season, like four eighty four million. I'm pretty sure, betting on himself, and then he p- played like absolute dog shit in the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, so he's probably not going to get that amount of money. But, I mean, do you think any of those three guys are going to be Lakers next year? No, and I don't think it's a huge loss. I think you're clearing up money in the books. Uh, there's a couple other guys that I think I'd be okay with losing. Uh, but those three, I do not see them being Lakers I next feel like year. The, the most likely one is Dennis Smith, or not Dennis Smith. Did I say Dennis Smith Jr. the first time? Yeah. Dennis Schroeder. Sorry. Yeah, I thought you meant Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> I was like, Dennis Smith Jr. does not play for them. <laughs> um, Dennis Schroeder, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he. I feel like he could be back with the Lakers, maybe on a, like a one-year deal, one-year extension. But I was doing that same thing the other day with Jordan. I was calling him Dennis Schroeder Jr. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why I did. But. I, I was doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he. I feel like he could be back with the Lakers, but I think Drummond is for sure gone. Like, I feel like there's no way he's still a Laker after this year. 
Montrez, maybe he'll opt into his player option. Probably not, though. But I do think that the Lakers, first thing they got to do is just get healthy. Anthony mm-hmm. Davis is, I'm, I hate to say this, and I might be wrong for me to say this, but I feel like he is going to be another one of these what-if players. Um, he has really, injuries have really torn his his years apart the last like two or three years, except for last year with the Lakers. He didn't really get hurt, but um, this whole season he dealt with so many injuries and he is a guy that just like when he goes down and he goes down a lot. Oh my, every He game. goes down a lot. And when he does, it's just like, oh, like, oh man, how long is he going to be out for this time? Yeah. He can't stay healthy. And it's, I know that it's, you know, this whole narrative of he can't play the five or he doesn't want to play the five, even though he should, um, Maybe that is taking. I mean, that transition is a lot bigger than uh, than most fans think, and maybe it's his body cannot just handle it. Um, I think they need to get healthy, though. First of all, it's the biggest thing, and I don't know. I think you might look to package a couple of your guys for a third star. I mean, not obviously not a star, but a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Kuzma is going to be making thirteen million dollars next year. Uh, KCP is going to be making thirteen million dollars next year. You can package those two for a guy who's making a larger amount of money. I, they don't have a lot of draft capital, but, I mean, I saw something for, like, a Malcolm Brogdon-type player. That would be really nice. I think he's making right in that mid-$20 million range. Something like that. Um, but I think they definitely need to make moves, even though yeah. Rob Plinka said that he doesn't want to make drastic changes, which I do think is fair. I don't think drastic yeah. change is what's needed. I, I do think the one guy who needs to get out, and I'm not hating on him. I, I just don't think the fit <laughs> works. And it is Kuzma. Yeah. Uh, he gets all the hate and unwarranted Had the hate. worst game six, like, Ever. of all time. Bro. Ever. And everyone. Did you see the – I saw this TikTok, and it was, like, the Lakers posted this thing on Instagram. Thank you, Lakers fans. And Kyle Kuzma put it on his Instagram story. And then it was someone clicking on that post and literally scrolls for days. Every single comment. Trade Kuzma. Fuck Kuzma. Get rid of Kuzma. Trade Kuzma. Oh, Get, that like, dude. All of them, bro. Like, literally, there wasn't one that was not about Kuzma. That's just it. Kuzma had good playoffs last year. It was because he didn't have to do anything. He got he had to go he out had there a good and play season defense. this year, too. Like, but Kuzma, when he is called upon to step up and score the basketball, it's not good. And when he tries to score the basketball, it's not good. I don't even know if he's ever called upon. He might just go out there and try. But Kuzma's got to be moved. No hate to him. I think he can be a successful player in this league. And he's still, and how old is he, 27, 26? Kuzma? 24. Yeah, he's probably like 24, 23. And he's younger, yeah. younger side. He's still got a lot of career left, and I'm really hopeful that wherever he goes, he's a bigger role. I want him to go to a rebuilding team. Yeah, I think he's always been a player that I've just thought would do a lot better on a team that it kind of sucks, I guess. You know, like Kuzma on the Pistons, bro, would be nice. I feel like. I feel he'd like he would. Fun. I feel like he'd be nice. I feel like he'd average like eighteen a game, probably. Yeah, he would be like. I don't know. He would probably try to do too much, but I just feel like he when he when he plays for the Lakers, he he tries to do too much for, and that's not what they need him to do. I mean, at he at times, obviously, he he doesn't do this every single time he plays on the court, but at times, I do think he just tries to do too much, where it's like. We don't need that when you have LeBron and AD and Dennis Schroeder, who's a lot better, even KCP. Like There are moments where he catches the ball, and it just looks like he panics. There were multiple times where he just threw the ball away, just got rid of it. He, the one LeBron looks at him and just looks at him like, are you stupid? <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? Like, calm down. And it just felt like Kuzma was always in a rush against the Suns. And this Suns team, everybody's got to realize, this Suns team is the two-seed for a reason. They have the top, I mean, he's one of the best floor generals in the whole league, Chris Paul. Playing next to young budding superstar, Devin Booker, great defensive big man in DeAndre and and good offensive player, great rebounder. Mikael Bridges, budding young two-way player who's going to be elite in this league. Cameron Johnson, who I think is going to be extremely good role player in his career. This is not a Suns team that's a pushover. They're they're not a joke. They're a well. At the same time, I think this a fully healthy Lakers team is better. Should beat Phoenix in six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. And that's proof is right there. Lakers were than one seed at not fully healthy. Mm -hmm. They were still battling injuries. I'm really hoping this next couple of years looks like for AD looks like what Joel Embiid's season this year did. Joel Embiid has battled injuries his whole career. Came back this year, number three in MVP voting. Played a lot of games. 
Didn't miss too many. Granted, he's hurt. He's yeah. nursing an injury, I guess. But, I just think... Go ahead. No, I, the the butt wasn't. I just think that the Lakers do need to... Like, Drummond just... The Drummond experience, experiment did not work. And and Matrez Harrell really didn't work either. I do think that you either need to commit... All right, Anthony Davis is going to be the center, or you need to get a guy who can just not clog the paint. Like, Drummond just clogged the paint and did not... It doesn't work for LeBron, a guy who likes to attack the hoop. He became a lot more nonchalant, I feel like, with Drummond. Uh, and obviously, Anthony Davis is a guy who really likes to work around the elbows. And with Drummond standing on the opposite block, it's just it's a very easy to for Anthony Davis to take a contested mid-range shot rather than going, you know, make a move attack in the basket. Uh, Lakers, though, I'm excited to see what they're going to do because I definitely think they're going to do something. I mean, I don't. I've never seen a LeBron James team that lost that was just like, eh. We'll just bring back the same guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, nah, LeBron's teams are always making moves, so I'm excited to see what the Lakers are going to do. Um, ready to talk about the second-round matchups now. Yep. And this will be the last time we talk about the Lakers uh, for the rest of these playoffs because they're, unless they're crazy still happens. getting talked about a lot. So, yeah. yeah, unless something crazy happens. Like somebody but, says something, but um, I doubt it. Oh, wait, wait, real quick. Go ahead. What is up with Magic Johnson on Twitter? Oh, I know. I know. We yeah, that was, about that it. was funny, yeah. Magic Johnson <laughs> goes on Twitter and calls out the Lakers GM about who is running the show. Oh, they need some more ball-dominant leadership or whatever he said about the point guard, I think, in all honesty. He just said, like, the Lakers... The, he just said, like, the Lakers need some... Major, or Rob Palenka, Jim, general manager of the Lakers, needs to make some major moves this offseason because some Lakers players va- played very poorly in the playoffs. Yeah, no shit, Magic. <laughs> have you seen? Have you like ever seen his tweets? Yeah, all his tweets are like that. Like yeah. they're very formally written, but like really, like why did you even tweet that? Like, like just obvious stuff. And it's a <laughs> duh thing, and it's also the who are you to tell yeah. the GM what they're doing wrong? You were awful. The only thing you did was get LeBron. Like, <laughs> and he only came to you because it was L.A. Yeah, exactly. Um, before we talk about second-round matchups, quick pop quiz, NBA playoffs pop quiz. Name me who who is at, before the games tonight because the uh, Hawks-Philly game already happened tonight. So before that game, who leads the league in playoff points so far in, the, in, this, in these playoffs? Who is the total leader of playoff points? Kevin Durant. False. Kevin Durant was third. Uh, okay, let me think. It's not going to be book. Not going to. Uh, is it Kyrie? Kyrie is not in the top five. I only wrote down the top five. Okay, Trey Young. Trey Young is not in the top five. You got to think amount of games that these teams played. Trey Young only played five games. Oh, yeah. Games. Who might have played seven games? Oh, Kawhi. Kawhi is second. Paul George. Paul George Luka. is not top five. Luca is Duh, number one. It's yeah. Luca. Luca, two hundred fifty <laughs> points uh, in the seven game series. Only series that went seven games, which is really surprising because I thought we were gonna have a lot of sevens. Me too. So let's start off in the East. Um, game one of Philly Atlanta was a really good one. I got to watch a little bit of this game. I was at work, but I watched some of it on my break. Um, Trey Young went nuts though, but they they played game two. Philly won. I'm pretty sure. Um, let's check it out. Yeah. 76ers win 118 to 102. Joel Embiid scores 40 playoff career high, 40 points, 13 rebounds. So he's back. He's good. Yeah, I mean, he went off in game one, too. Like he went nuts. He had like 38 or 39, I'm pretty sure. Um, but this the simple thing for the Hawks in game one, they shot the shit out of the ball mm-hmm. and did not miss. They hit like an insane amount of threes. Trey Young was going off. It doesn't matter. They had Matisse Thibel and Danny Green on him for most of the first half. Wasn't working. They threw Ben Simmons on him in the second half. Wasn't working. I mean, it was pretty crazy that because the the Sixers are a very very good defensive team with a lot of really good perimeter defenders, and it did not matter. I saw the hottest first take ever on Twitter. It was a picture of Trey Young and Kevin Herter, and then it was a picture of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like hilarious. Kevin Herter had twenty off the bench for the, yeah. for the Hawks tonight too. He ain't Clay Thompson. Um. <laughs> Trey Young had 21 and 11 tonight. Bogdanovich had 14. Gallo had 21 and 9 off the bench. But Philly. How, did Onyeko play a lot? Uh, he played six minutes. Oh, he didn't get many minutes. Uh, he hasn't been really playing that much in the playoffs. Joel Embiid, 40 and 13. Tobias Harris, 22. Seth Curry, 21. Yeah, pretty. Ben Simmons only had four points, but only shot the ball three times. So. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> How many I mean, minutes did he play? 
35. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, if he's out there just to play defense and pass the ball, I mean, he does I a guess. pretty damn good job yeah. at it. So He does. But, yeah, the Hawks win. Uh, or Sorry. Yeah, the Hawks won game one, which I think is a, is a W to uh, take game one of the series. I just can't believe Joel Embiid, like, his injury was not that significant. But, like, a slight tear in his meniscus, like, that does not sound like a day-to-day, like, he's put Back. up – 40 in game yeah. two and almost 40 in game one and like seemed not even hurt. Um, I really thought that his injury was going to be a, a main factor in this series. Clearly it is not, but they're tied one, one right now. So, I mean, what are you expecting for the rest of the series? Uh, I expect the Hawks to keep and continue to put up a really good fight. However, playoff experience comes into play. Uh, Sixers have it all. Uh, playoff defense comes into play. Sixers have it all. They've got, I mean, you just named Danny Green, Matisse Thybul, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. What a great defensive roster. I mean, like, Tobias Harris is a pretty solid defender, too. Yeah. Uh, don't they have a... Who's the four? Who plays the four for Tobias. them? Yeah, I guess that's their starting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a great defensive roster, and you can really match up extremely well with this Hawks team, who is very deep. Uh, offensively, you're not an issue with Joel Embiid scoring 40. There's no problems. Uh, Clint Capella looked extremely good in game one. Mm-hmm. Defensively. Yeah, he did. Like, extremely good. Uh, however, I'm not sure the Hawks have enough defense. Uh, Kevin Herter is a defensive liability. He's just not great. Trey Young is... I don't actually... See, okay, I don't... I don't like you use that term very loosely, defensive liability. I feel like you are a liability. To me, that means you cannot play if you're a liability. Okay. If he if if you're putting up twenty off the bench, I feel like that's not a lia- defensive liability. If you're if you're that good of a shooter on offense, I guess. Like, yeah, you're not the best on defense, but you can hide a guy on the wing who's not and a that's very what good I, defender. And that's what I'm saying is he's a guy you have to hide. Yeah, yeah, I guess. That's what I'm saying. I just I feel like a liability is like to me at least that's a guy who you can't even play if he's a liability. Okay, I and I gotta find a new word. I guess. But, like, what I'm saying, that I mean, like, you have to hide him. You have to work to keep him off the ball, off of good players like they do. Yeah. Barry Hill is telling me how Duncan has the best – Duncan Robinson has the best defensive rating in the NBA. And I said, how many times have you watched him guard the ball? Yeah. Never. Exactly. He, he never does. Uh, and he, Oh, I guess you're right. But uh, – <laughs> I, Where the same. hell did he see that? I don't know. I have no. I know. I have no I saw idea. That on a Michigan fan page, <laughs> guaranteed, bro. Uh, but dude, try telling me Jordan Poole is better than Draymond Green, dude. That was. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to talk about that night because that was the same. That's the same way I'm like. You see LeBron fans defending him for not running back. Yeah. That was the way I felt that night. Barry Hill is he's very biased fan, but it's funny because oh, he, he funny. knows he is, so he makes he makes things way more biased than he even thinks they yeah, are. He he thought he <laughs> thought Tim Hardaway stood a chance against Jaron Jackson. He thought that'd be that'd be that's yeah, pretty like Tim good. Tim Hardaway, he's solid, yeah. But, but he ain't Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson's gonna be a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Hardaway's a pretty good shooter. <laughs> like but, anyways. Yeah, that's pretty well. I don't have much I else to talk either. about Philly Atlanta. Um, I expect it to be a good series. I'm going to go with Philly in six. I think Atlanta will win another game, um, especially in Atlanta. But Atlanta, go in seven. Atlanta has a chance to win this series, though. Like, I'm not counting them out at all. But they, def- they definitely have a chance to win this yep. series. But I, I don't agree. think Philly needs to panic at all. No. Next Eastern Conference series, one that has been not way different than I thought. <laughs> Brooklyn versus Milwaukee. Brooklyn comes out in game one. James Harden gets hurt like Three minutes into the game, and Brooklyn still wins big. Blake Griffin had like 18 and 14 or something. Dunking in game on one. everybody. Yeah, and then in game two, yeah, had that crazy dunk on Giannis. Brooklyn won by like 40. Kevin Durant went off. Kyrie had a good game. Um, Brooklyn has killed Milwaukee in both of these games, running their small ball lineup. I mean, I really expected this series to be better, and I don't think it's over by any means. I mean, both two games were in Brooklyn. I definitely think Milwaukee still has a chance to come back in the series, but did not expect this. Watched a super good film breakdown of these games, and the very first thing it said is you, Giannis has to play the five. He cannot play especially the four with the, Especially in this series. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Not many, dude, really? Not a lot of teams are running a center anymore. No. Like, that are left. You have Embiid. You have Jokic. Jokic. You have Ayton. Okay, actually, never mind, because you have Gobert. Uh, 
Capella, I guess. So, yeah, I guess you do. But, like, there's plenty of teams that have not been, like, Portland wasn't running a center. The Clippers weren't. Dallas wasn't. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that haven't been running centers in these playoffs. Uh, oh, man, lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I go, uh, it was about Giannis playing the five. Yeah, okay, so Giannis, there was plays where Giannis would, like, because the five would be running down the middle of the lane, posting up in the middle of the floor, and Giannis would sit on the top of the key, and Blake Griffin would just help on the big man. Like, Drew Holiday had no pass, and it was there was one play that was really bad where Drew Holiday tried lobbing it in, and Blake Griffin basically flipped Giannis off and just sprinted off and tipped it. And it was like, yeah, Giannis can't sit out on the perimeter. He is ineffective, and you can just help off him, and you have no paint game. You cannot get in the paint if Giannis isn't in the paint because they, there's too much help defense. Yeah, unless he has the ball on the perimeter. Yeah. If he doesn't have the ball, he should be in the paint. Yes, Absolutely. Giannis should be in, at playing five. He should be in the dunker spot more often. You have built this team so that he can play the five. I felt like when you made these moves this summer for Drew Holiday, you said, okay, yeah, we have more ball-dominant guys. He doesn't need the ball on the perimeter as much. Yeah, he still needs to get his touches on the elbow and on the wings and running, sprinting full head of steam up court. Yeah. But he's got to play a lot more And that's five. the thing, too. Like, that doesn't mean you can't play Brooke Lopez. You can yeah. play Brooke Lopez. Just tell him to sit in the corner the whole time. Like, he's out there to shoot threes, and then on defense, he can protect the rim. Splash Mountain. Like, yeah, you, he doesn't, like, that doesn't mean, Brooke Lopez can just be the four. I mean, they you can still play them together. Uh, yeah, Brooklyn has dominated this series. Even, like, Mike James is playing, like, huge minutes for this team. Played, yeah. like, 30 minutes the other night. Um, it's cool to see, and Bruce Brown also went off in game one, too. It is cool to see the amount of Detroit Pistons, former Detroit Pistons, that are playing very well in these playoffs. I mean, Blake Griffin, obviously. Um, Bruce Brown. Luke Kennard had played good in the end of the Clippers series. Yep. Marcus Morris has been phenomenal. Um, there's a there's a couple more, too, that I saw, like, a whole list of them. Um, but I'm gonna. There's no way I'm gonna yeah. be able to remember them all. But it's just oh, super, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's cool to see all the former Pistons playing well and in the playoffs and going far. Brooklyn, Milwaukee. How do you? Pre- and there's no James Harden. That's yeah, the craziest no, that's, part. No that's James issue. Harden. That's yeah. That's the part that's just like, all right, like what? Don't bring back James Harden until you lose a game. There's no reason to. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, true. Like literally, if you go up three zero. I wouldn't play on the rest for of the next series. series. I saw a TikTok, bro. I want to say, too, Atlanta beating Philly in game one was the most, like, over-exaggerated. Th- I saw a TikTok that said the Atlanta Hawks were going to win the NBA Finals. Oh, my God. And it was like, this this legit, like, no <laughs> that offense, That sounds like me bro. when we're watching no, the games. Yeah, no offense to, like, Trey Young and the Hawks. Like, they have a great team. They could beat Philly. Yeah. But there's no way they beat either Milwaukee or Brooklyn. And even, like... Or they, they might be able to beat one of these West teams, but like Atlanta versus Utah, like Utah's gonna pick them apart, bro. <laughs> gonna kill them. They have so much more experience. Like it would be really cool to see. They're Atlanta like the do same it, team, but, just better. Yeah, there's <laughs> not much difference. But and and have been in the playoffs like the <laughs> yeah. last eight years. You have Mike Conley <laughs> running the one. Yeah, the experienced point guard Donovan Mitchell, Joe just... and Ingles, and Bogdanovich on the wing. Like, yeah, exactly. Donovan Mitchell's the only one, only like young player on that team, and he still has made the playoffs like every year yeah. of his career. And, been like the best player on his team, like, yeah. three of those years. Yeah. Um, Probably all of them. But how do you expect the rest of this Milwaukee-Brooklyn? I mean, do you expect Milwaukee to, to win a game? Uh, I hope so. I expect Milwaukee to win at least two. But at the same time, are they going to win one next game? They need to make drastic changes. Giannis, if they don't move Giannis to the five. Also, and, Giannis or, needs to play 45 minutes again yes. a night. Too. Quit, quit, quit babying. Why him. is he playing 35 minutes in the in the second round of the playoffs? He should not come out come off the floor except for the last two minutes of the first half. Yeah. That should be the only time he comes <laughs> off. Giannis needs to play more, yeah. He needs to play the five. And if that doesn't happen, you guys won't win a game. I, I truly believe that. I mean, maybe I guess you could sneak one out if, if everybody's shooting well. Uh, the Bucks are losing Dante DiVincenzo, which is a big piece, but not big enough to lose by forty. And that's the, the thing—they're off. It's—it's it's really not their their defense. Like the Brooklyn's gonna score. It doesn't yeah. matter how great of a defense that this Bucks team has a phenomenal defense. A lot of great individual defenders, um, pretty much all of them. But Brooklyn's gonna score. I mean, this their team that they have—they are gonna get buckets. But their offense should their offense should score more than. Brooklyn should against their defense just because yeah. Brooklyn's defense is not that good. Um, I also saw something that it was like maybe the reason for this is because they're game planning to play against the big three with James Harden 
and James Harden goes out, and now they have all these other X-Factor players playing well. Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, you know, Jeff Green, I think, has been hurt, but just the rest of their – Joe Harris, obviously. Because um, the Brooklyn is a much different team when James Harden plays. I mean, obviously, he's James Harden. I think Brooklyn is going to uh, win this series in, like, five or six games, but it's 2-0. So, I mean, there's plenty of time. Milwaukee was down – or was up 2-0 a couple years ago against Toronto in the conference finals and lost four straight. So is, but Mike, but the same thing though, Mike Budenholzer is not a guy that is known to make changes. He no. really does not. He's a good coach, but he does not make changes when they, when they need to be changed. He's so. going to just tell them to do what they're doing. Just yeah. better. Like we'll see what happens, but I, I am excited for that series. Let's move to the yeah. West. Let's move to the West. Let's talk about Utah since we we're just talking about him. Game one of this series is going on right now, actually. So let's check on what the, what the score is, though. But Mike Conley is not playing in tonight's game. I really thought that he would just because they got a lot of extra uh, days off, but he's not playing. Right now, the Clippers are up 43-30 to 30 with about nine minutes left in the second quarter or five minutes left in the second quarter. So, yeah, it's it's getting close to halftime. Clippers have a pretty solid lead so far. Luke Kennard is the leading scorer with 11 points. Not bad, Luke. I see the Clippers. Reggie Jackson is another huge one yeah. that we forgot. Yeah. Yep. I see the Clippers, in all honesty, probably winning this series in six. Uh, it's early, obviously, but if I had to make a prediction, the Clippers uh, have impressed me, and honestly, I think running into Luka uh, hurt them more than it was good for them. Yeah. Uh, this Clippers team is elite. They're probably the finals favorite out of the West. Probably, but like I mean, there's, maybe there's that competition. Phoenix, there's maybe. competition. Uh, it's arguable. I think just the Clippers going down 3-2, going down, I mean, they were down 2-0 to Dallas, and then they got down by like 20 points in the first quarter of Game 3. And things did not look good, and I just feel like they've done so much to come back from that series. They were down 3-2, you know, and won the last two games. To I think they, I do think this team can can make a finals run. Um, a lot think- of guys, I mean, shout out to T. Lou for making a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Luke Kennard was not playing, and now he is and is playing well. He decided, all right, we need to stop playing Zubats against the Mavericks. And Zubats is not going to play. Um, Boogie Cousins is not going to play. We're going to run small. Marcus Morris has been really good for them. Terrence Mann had a really good game yeah. for them uh, the other night. Rondo has been doing really well. But this series is a lot different, though, because now with going against Utah, I mean, Zubats can play again. Pat Beverly, who a guy who's, who was quit getting minutes uh, in the Mavericks series. I wonder if uh, Zubac has played tonight, actually. That's that's something I want to check on. Just because, I mean, they have Gobert now and, every, and a guy who actually is in the paint. Yeah, Zubac played eight minutes off the bench so far in this game. Beverly has played again. He's got six minutes. So, Boogie I, Cousins has even played, too. Oh, really? So they still started a small. I mean, they started Batum and Marcus Morris at their four and five still. But I don't see this Clippers team allowing themselves to get in the position they got into last series. I think, in all honesty, if they're going to lose the series, and they're gonna, if they're going to start off 2-0 again, loot down, I think that'll be series over. I don't think they're going to allow themselves to get back into this situation where they're fighting again. They're yeah. just going to win the first two this time. Oh, shit, we got to bring our A game right from the jump. Yeah. That's a good thing to have in the first round. What happened to the Clippers in the first round is I not agree, a bad yeah. thing. That's a test. That's a that's a nut check. They they got They were checked in that first round. They're not going to allow that to happen again. Especially if you can overcome that. I mean, if if obviously if you lose in the first round, it sucks. But if you can overcome that check, like you said, in the first round, I think after that you got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I do think Utah is being slept on. I think they're a really, really good team. Super deep, like we said, a lot of experience. I kind of want to say the winner of this series makes the finals, but, like, I don't know. I just think I could randomly see Utah making the finals, bro. They have the best record in the NBA. Like, I think Phoenix is crazy I good. think I think so, too, but, like, I don't know. I, I think the East still wins the finals, but Utah Clippers is going to be a really good series. I'm going to predict this goes six or seven. Uh, I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick the Clippers in seven. I think that Utah is going to make put up a really good fight, but if Utah wins, I will not be surprised I got Clippers at in six. All. Clippers in six. So let's talk about Denver Phoenix. Uh, this is going to be a super fun series just because uh, these are two younger teams with a lot of budding stars. Obviously, one of them has the MVP on their team, but this is a lot different because uh, when Denver played against Portland, 
uh, Jokic really didn't have anybody that could match up against him, whereas last night he had DeAndre Ayton. Ayton did a pretty solid job against uh, Jokic. I got to watch most of this game. It was a pretty good game. Um, Chris Paul was playing pretty well. He definitely still is a little injured, but Devin Booker went off. Torrey Craig has been putting in really good minutes for them. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is doing pretty well, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird because Denver um, against Phoenix, you know, you think, okay, they don't have a guy who can guard Chris Paul or Devin Booker, but they also were going up against Dame and CJ last round too, and they yeah. won in six. So, I mean, Austin Rivers is, is actually a lot better of a defender than I thought he was. He's a solid defender. He plays so hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's doesn't he's not like a, a elite defender by any means, but, yeah, he plays hard. That's and definitely... It, what he does. And it's not the hard that Pat Beverly plays, where he's yeah, like following exactly. and overly aggressive. He's very smart. He just yeah, he's a, exactly he's a he's a veteran player that is a very smart defender. And hustles sure. all over the place. I, I like mm-hmm. watching Austin Rivers and he was a guy I used to not like watching. Yeah. Uh, Same too. I hated him at Duke for sure. <laughs> oh. This series though is gonna be fun. Like yeah. this series is gonna be really good. Phoenix won a pretty tight game last night. Uh, this one I think goes seven, like oh, for sure. And I don't know who I'm gonna pick. I mean, I know Phoenix won game one, so I might lean towards them. But but, but I mean, if we're going. We have the MVP here. Like, I don't think Aiton is gonna be able to stop. I don't even want to make a prediction. Especially when Aiton comes off of the floor, bro. They need to take advantage of that. If Aiton comes off the floor, Jokic, you get in. But like, can Jokic play 40 minutes a game? What if Aiton? Oh can? yeah, yeah. They both can. Jokic for sure. That, he's been playing 40 minutes. So a that's game. that's what I don't think you're ever gonna see it. There's not going to be a long time unless you get Aiden in foul oh, yeah, trouble. Oh, there, yeah, there's not. Yeah, true, exactly. If, if he gets in foul trouble, they might be done for. But Aiden had a good game. Yeah. yeah I mean, this, these are two teams with, obviously, an already budded superstar, Jokic, and a currently budding superstar in D-Book. This is the same guy that went 8-0 in the bubble last year. Led his team to 8-0 in the bubble. He is now the two-seed making a finals, making a run at the finals. That's a budding superstar. Yeah. Under 25, uh... Put his name in the conversation of up next superstars because he's he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm super excited to watch the rest of these games. Uh, I want to check to see which ones are on tomorrow. I assume it'll be probably Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Denver, Phoenix again. But looks like the Clippers Jazz game is a little closer. It's a nine point game now, with three minutes left in the second. I kind of want to watch it, bro. Oh, I don't know. I might stay up late. <laughs> I might just stream it illegally because there's all those there's all yeah, those websites. I go to Lansing tomorrow morning. I can sleep. I've been <laughs> sleeping with Tim in the car lately. Tim, Tim drives. <laughs> Wait, and I what just did you sleep. just? What did he say? <laughs> uh, tomorrow night is just Nuggets Suns at nine thirty. So and then Thursday. So why? How come the Nuggets Suns got to play, but the next Bucks get another? Oh, I guess they've already played two games in their series. That's probably why. Yeah, Nets Bucks and the Clippers Jazz got to play on Thursday, but the. Philly Atlanta doesn't got to play till Friday, dude. What they just throw these? They just throw. The I think games they're just out. trying to make the games more even because like only game one of Utah, LA is tonight. Yes, I didn't but, get two in. I guess, and, yeah. and that's the thing too. Another reason why I'm kind of leaning towards Utah is they got so much more rest than the. Cl- I mean, the Clippers just played game seven two nights ago on uh, Sunday night, and they're already playing game one of this series where Utah had pretty much a whole week off to rest. That fatigue plays a huge factor. This isn't the bubble anymore where they're just going back to their hotel room, you know, two blocks away. Like, they got to travel, and it's it's going to play a factor. So um, I'm excited to watch the rest of these playoffs. And, yeah, is that pretty much it? I it's, that it is it late. It is 11.20 right now. I need to go to bed. It's the latest I've stayed I, up. But I'm probably going to watch the game. So <laughs> I'm pro- I might stick around for a little bit watching Maybe. My dad. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Peace. Peace.